were not for those losses and traumatic events and career changes and all those physical limitations, I would not be doing what I'm doing here today. And I can honestly not imagine me doing anything else. I wake up and I'm so, so thankful that I get to have conversations with people like you, that I get to create my own schedule, that I get to do these things and help and serve other people that help and serve me. It would not have happened any other way. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster, the show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hello there, it's Angela here and welcome to another episode of the High Performance Health Podcast. Hopefully you are coming off a nice bank holiday weekend. It was Easter weekend. Hopefully you didn't indulge in too much chocolate. Um, We have reached the end of the first quarter of this year. Um, So embarking on the second quarter is exciting times and I'm sure you've been reassessing your goals and looking at things. We're still in a state of flux. Um, Things are changing across the world all the time. And so I'm really thrilled to bring today's podcast guest to you. It is Chase Tuning. He has an incredibly inspiring story um, of how he was injured in the military and had to completely rebuild his body, his life, um, and totally transform himself. He's a health coach and he's a full-time um, podcaster now. And he interviews industry leaders in fitness, nutrition, and mindset on his show, Ever Forward Radio. Um, I had the great privilege of going on Chase's show, and I'm absolutely delighted to bring him onto my show today. I think you're going to really enjoy listening to him. He's super fun. He's got so much experience, um, even though he's pretty young, he's got so much experience to bring. He's been through very, very difficult and trying times. And I think that his mindset is so powerful and will really inspire you. So I can't wait to hear your feedback on this episode. As always, all of the show notes and everything we talk about today, including the transcript, will be over on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please do share it. Share it on social media. Tag me. Share it with friends. Let's share the love and get this out there. And also feel free to message me, Angela at AngelaFosterPerformance.com with any comments, any thoughts, any questions, or even DM me over on Instagram at Angela S. Foster. So without further ado, let me now introduce you to Chase. So I am excited to be joined today um, by Chase Tuning, who is an army veteran. He's actually a soldier turned um, health coach turned full-time podcaster. I'm really, really thrilled to have you on the show because you've done so much internal work um, in terms of your mindset, in terms of your resilience. And I just think this is really going to help people today, Chase, just especially in these crazy times that we're living in. So a very warm welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Angela, thank you so much. It's good to be on uh, the other side of the microphone here. You were a a great guest recently on my show and uh, I guess we clicked. So here here we are doing this thing again for years. Yeah, we did. And I really enjoy being on your show. You, um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I'm excited to uh, to have you here today. So let's start with, because I know when you were in the um, military, you actually got really severely injured. And when we were chatting about that, you were telling me how yeah. you were actually a patient in the army for 18 months. And that's just, that's an extraordinary time of change, isn't it? From going for someone who's so physically and mentally fit to then um, being so kind of injured that you become a patient. Can you kind of yeah. describe that just so people can kind of get a feel for, for your experience and your journey? 
Yeah, well, it was a total 180 for my daily norm. I one day was uh, out in the field, you know, being soldier chase. I don't know what I'm doing with my arms, but you know, you know, <laughs> out there training, you know, very actively. And this was uh, some training to set me up for a deployment. Uh, I was about 21 years old, and uh, I was very much honestly. I was, I was looking forward to. I was in a very weird uh kind of dark place mentally and emotionally i'd gone through a loss of my father about a year or two ago and uh was just kind of going through a lot uh physically i was very very present uh, the military will do that for you i was at the peak of my training the peak of my readiness um but mentally and emotionally things were just kind of astray and so i was on my way to go through a deployment and you know kind of seeking to to put myself in harm's way and uh, I guess it just wasn't meant to be because uh, various few days into uh, that training, uh, I was leading an attack on the fake enemy. We call them the op four, the opposing force. I was leading an ambush on this uh, patrol line with a bunch of armored, armored vehicles and stuff coming down a lane. And um, in, in, honestly, it's what happened was so fast. It very much, it was still a blur for me, but I, I just remember I was laying down and as fast as I was kind of leading this assault, I, I was back down on the ground again. I felt like, and I thought that I got shot. I had this immense pain in the back of my leg and I heard and felt this like snap and pop sound. And well, what had happened was I had severely over overextended my back, basically L4 and L5 vertebrae kind of went one way and my rest of my body was trying to go another way. I tore my hamstring uh, and suffered, excuse me, a lot of trauma to, to my hips, my entire midsection. Next thing I know is being, you know, medevaced out of that training environment, taken to the hospital and uh, completely then removed from that training, completely removed from my job because the nature of my injuries were so severe that they then put me into a medical hold unit. And it's this special unit uh, on another base where it, you just go to, to be broken. And uh, I went there and they told me that, hey, you, you actually need to undergo a series of pretty extreme surgeries. Uh, you're most likely not going to have the same level of physical capability you had before. You're definitely not going to be fit enough to serve. So we're just going to, you know, try to go through these surgeries, try to heal you as best as possible. And when you can, you know, you kind of reach your, your, the peak of your rehabilitation, then you're out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, for about 18 months, a little bit. And then what you'll be basically discharged from the army because yeah, you're never discharge. going to be fit enough. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I, they went through one hip. They completely reconstructed my femur, you know, surgical dislocation of my femur, removed it, reshaped it, uh, t- put two pins there in that side. And then I was basically, you know, in the hospital. I was at home. I was bedridden. I was kind of useless for many, many weeks into growing into rehabilitation for a few months, learning how to walk again and load bear on that side of my body. And once that I could about about eight months or so into that training or that rehabilitation, they just, I went back and I did the other side. So I kind of just did it all over again. So it was a very kind of tumultuous wash, rinse, repeat Mm. cycle of surgery, rehabilitate, recover, do it all over again. And then they're like, Hey, you're out. Uh, You're no longer fit to be a soldier. Uh, We're going to medically discharge you. And, uh, and then, yeah, that was about from about 22 to about age 24. And then I got the boot and, had to start life all over again, basically. Wow. And that must be so hard, right? Because the thing is, when you're in the, in the, in the military, you're in a structure, aren't you? It's very kind of, you're a part of a tribe, there's a community. It must be to then just be kind of let out on your own into, into the normal world actually must feel quite unwielding at that point. 
Yeah, it was. It's yeah, interesting you say that. It like it was, but it wasn't, honestly, for me. Um, like I said earlier, I I was really torn up about the loss of my father. He was my first hero in my life. He was in the military as well. And he was, you know, I was hoping to try to follow in his footsteps with military service. And uh, he died from a terminal illness and it, and it really shook me up. It was something that we just watched him kind of die. And so it was very, very traumatic for me and my family. And so as fast as that rug was yanked out from underneath me of the structure and my daily purpose and, you know, what I was doing with my life, I was very excited to kind of go home because the second that I, the military signed me out. Uh, I did. I, I packed up my car. I threw my wheelchair on the roof of my vehicle, and uh, you know, drove back. You know, halfway across the country, the United States, to my home state of Virginia, to just be with my family. I was very much looking forward to just being with them because I couldn't during that time of loss and the time of suffering with my father. So I was very much looking forward to going home and being with my family in my mind to try to kind of make up for lost time, but also to continue my re rehabilitation. And that was a big spark for me to, to study the human body and get into human performance. Uh, I, about three weeks later, enrolled in school and began to study exercise science in, uh, in our university. Oh, interesting. So no, no time wasted there at all, then, yeah. actually getting yeah, straight stuck in. Around. Yeah, really quick turnaround. And I'm really curious, because obviously in the military, you are kept at peak physical fitness before you have that injury. How is the kind of mindset side? Because obviously there's a lot of structure, but I know you've done a lot of work yourself in terms of you're extremely well-read um, on sort of yeah, like mindset and development and, and ego and everything else that we all have to kind of contend with. At this point, as a young man, like leaving the military, obviously your physical fitness prior to the injury would have been really hot. How is it in terms of like how mentally equipped did you feel at that point to cope with the overwhelming challenges and the loss of your, of your father? Uh, it's like, I, I felt equipped for, for kind of showing up in the day. I felt equipped for finding a mission, so to speak. I felt equipped for just latching myself on to, all right, this is what I need to accomplish. And I may not know fully how to do it, but I at least am and skilled enough to like to outsource that, to find, you know, to go learn, to do what I need to do. Uh, the military, it'll train you to do a lot of things. And then anything that you don't know how to do, um, you should know where to go to learn how to do it or to, to, to foster the team, mm -hmm. basically. The component with my father, though, that it was much more of a, uh, I'll say like an emotional, even spiritual kind of traumatic event. And that were not really, at least in my experience, I was not really trained to handle. Mm -hmm. uh, we are trained, especially at this time, this is back um, from 2003 to 2009, I was active duty. And in in those years during that time in the world, you know, it was the height of Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. You know, in America, we called it, it was the global war on terrorism. So it was a very, very high stress environment. There was a lot of potential of you going downrange of going to war or contributing in some way to something that is a very, very serious matter, whether you're foreign or abroad or uh, domestic or abroad, excuse me. And so when something like that comes up, well, you don't really have time. We're not trained to sit and to go through a grieving process or to, to let that kind of infiltrate the mission because so many other things were riding on what we were doing at the time. What if you, if you are distracted, if you are emotionally incapable, if you, if you were anything less than the peak performance level that we need you to be, then you could mess up. 
the people to the left and right of you could mess up. And that could mean, it can mean lives. It can mean casualties. It can mean intelligence. It can mean a lot of different things. And so how I was trained was to really not deal with it. And so as great of a job they did as training me for my physical performance, for my internal fortitude, my, my, my mental intelligence to just stay on track, like anything else was just a liability. Uh, and so that's so why we're almost like in the military, you're almost compartmentalizing it then. Is it almost like oh, yeah. you've got to like shut yourself off basically from basically. emotional experiences? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't have a class on it. I'm not saying that that's exactly yeah. 100% what they do. But, uh, you know, when you're training, especially when you're serving in a military organization during a time of war, mm. every day is is very, very serious. Every day could be something of a grandiose scale. Every day you could be showing up to work, you could be called to action, you could be called to arms, you know, anywhere in the world. And we were all just kind of, all right, is today the day? Or is, you know, is the mission that I'm working on today, is that going to be contributing to something that I'm going to see in the news later? Uh, am I going to be, you know, is my unit going to get called up? Do I want to go serve somewhere else? And so it, imagine going to work every day and that is on your plate. Imagine going to work every day and just everybody is at the highest stress level. They were needing you to be performing at your highest level. Uh, there's no margin for error. And the more you have that, that window of like trying to deal with things or letting your emotions kind of get in, it just, it can be a slippery slope for, for costing lives, for, like I said, costing intelligence, for costing, you know, any cost really at that time. And we weren't willing to, to have that cost. Yeah, sure. So for you, in a way, it was actually a bit of a relief at this point to be able to get home to your family and actually spend time with them and have that emotional misgrieve for the, the the grieving you couldn't do when you were in the military. Very much so. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you then you started training, obviously, in exercise physiology and health coaching and trying to learn all the everything about the human body. Um, did you then start actually looking at your own self-development at that point? Is that when you began that journey or? Yeah, that point in my life, it was really more the physical component. Uh, At that point, I was still very, very much kind of reliant on taking it easy, playing it safe. You know, I was becoming more curious about why I was healing pretty well. My rehabilitation was going well. I was still kind of on again, off again, using my cane. I actually, when I enrolled in school, I had to have my mom help me. I was still on a cane, relying on a cane to kind of get around. And um, so I was very curious as to what was going on with my body. And I knew that I was going to have to learn things differently because I was used to just waking up every day and just going for, you know, five, 10 mile runs for throwing 80 pounds on my back and, you know, and doing a ruck march or weight training or whatever. But my body was no longer the same body that I knew it to be. And more that I studied about what the human body does, how it performs, anatomy, physiology, um, all those things, biomechanics, I began to just be able to manipulate my own rehabilitation a little bit. I began to manipulate and find new ways that I could be active. And uh, so the physical component for me was first because it was so exciting. It's because, oh, wow, I haven't been able to do this for, for months and months and months. I'm going to latch on to that. And it was also, honestly, now looking back, it was a way for me to continue to not deal with those past traumas because okay. I was finding ways to basically create success for my life. I could latch onto this thing and I could set a goal and I could work on it or I could study it and I could, you know, see a measurable result. Um, but the whole dealing with the trauma thing was something that I, I still didn't get to for years later. Um, but I, I, I was okay with it because I was there taking care of my new body and I was there with my family. And I, that's all that I really wanted because 
I didn't have family before and I didn't have the physical capability before. So those two big empty buckets in my life were now finally being filled up again. Fulfilled. And so how are you like, uh, how are you at sort of ta- tackling your own physical fitness? Presumably like after two hip replacements, like running is not really an option, anything impact based because you're in yeah. incredible shape, right? So how have you like gone on to maintain that? Yeah, definitely no running, no impact. Um, over the years after my injuries, I'd worked up to, I would get curious. Hey, let me go try to run again. And I would maybe get up to about a mile before, honestly, my body was like, nope, nope. <laughs> <We're not doing laughs> I can't do this. Uh, no. Or even if I did do it and the run was okay, that later on that day or the next 24 hours, I was just, you know, in horrible pain. Just the impact wasn't going to, wasn't going to happen. Um, so it really came down to just slow controlled movements. It came down to strength training really for the first time, strength training in the gym, um, weightlifting for, I had done it on again, off again in the military, but we always trained in kind of a different way. Um, and so this was the first time training regularly in a gym environment, um, strength training, weightlifting. This was the first time I, I had ever done it. And it was very appealing to me because I could, I could, you know, work in sections. I could isolate the muscles and the training that I was doing instead of where what, what I was used to was very much like a total body experience, whether it was running, ruck marching, calisthenics, you know, functional fitness training, you know, all the things we would do in the military. And so it felt great because I could, oh, well, I can, if my hips, my back are bothering me today, well, I can maybe just take a seat on a bench and I can train upper body. I can just do arms. I can do shoulders. I can, I can isolate these muscle groups and see results. So it became, it was way less of an all or nothing kind of thing, all or nothing training modality, which is what I had before. Now it's like, no, I can do something. And so I think maybe to answer your question there, yeah, that, that did begin to kind of mold my mindset around all of this of like, what can I do? What do I get to do? Mm. Or I, I couldn't do anything. I was very, very limited. But now, and especially because I had a lot of my time back, uh, whatever I wanted to do during the day, to an extent, I could do. In the military, you know, like you sign your life away, you know, you have order, you have structure, you have a, a chain of command and your whole ability to just do whatever you want to do when you want to do it, it. It doesn't work like that in the military. And so now I had all these things. I had free will. Again, I had the ability to train how I wanted to train. More importantly, I could see success in it. So it became, hey, look at what I can do. Look at what I get to do. Uh, what do I want to do? And then I got to act on it and even see results. And so that was like, yeah, probably the very early stages of, of that mindset training component. I just briefly want to interrupt today's show to tell you about my absolutely favorite coffee that I have in the morning, and that is Kion Coffee. It is pure, it's delicious, it has been mold tested, it's organic, and it meets the highest standards for both health and taste. So if you're a coffee lover, you definitely want to check this out. And you can get a cool 15% off by going to bit.ly forward slash get my key on now key on is spelled k-i-o-n their coffee is so beautiful and smooth it's got a really rich body to it you'll taste notes of sweet apple marzipan and baking spices and scrumptious dark chocolate as the cup starts to cool and it's just the most beautiful way really to start your day and because it's 100% organic 
organic and it's been um, mold tested. It uses fair trade coffee. Um, and as I say, it's regularly tested for mold and mycotoxins and pesticides. It's full jam packed with antioxidants as well. So it's super good for you. So head over to bit.ly forward slash get my key on. That's G E T M Y K I O N and enter code Angela to get 15% off at checkout. Now let's get back to Chase. Yeah, and it's interesting that you went down the physical route because actually I found on my own my own journey when I was struggling with um, depression, actually, that the physical activity, that's where I went first. It, it just yeah. is, I feel like it just helps you with stress in the moment so effectively, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So you then went on, because you're a hugely successful podcaster now. So in that interim <laughs> phase, and, and I know you focus on that 100% full time yeah. now, right? So did you then go on to sort of coach people and individuals? How did you then make that transition into where you are today? Yeah, so it was about... Um... I'd say maybe year three going into year four of my undergrad career, uh, I was studying, excuse me, call it a bachelor of science in exercise science. And going into that kind of final year, we had different requirements for the degree. And we had to go through uh, a series of internships and some shadowing experience with people in that profession. And at that point I was just going, I, I was very grateful to be in school. I was very grateful to have purpose and you know, my military benefits were actually paying for my school. I, I hadn't even thought about what I wanted to be yet when I grew up. I, I didn't even really fully think about the <laughs> <When you grew up. laughs> professional career change that I had. And uh, I went through this one internship and I really liked it. I, it was like a, um, a shadowing experience for a, a, a concierge wellness. Like there was this company that went to other companies and did just, you know, very basic blood panels, uh, very quick kind of high level health coaching, but it seemed to trigger something. And a lot of these people of, Oh, like I work a nine to five or I'm extremely busy or I'm a stay at home dad or well, however we are working at that, you know, health fair kind of situation of so many people kind of saw the light that I did like, Oh, I just got a little bit of information about my body, a little bit of information from this professional about what I can do and what I can change to improve my health and fitness and wellness. Like, yeah, let me run with it. And so that it sparked my interest. And I was like, wow, maybe I should get a job in this fitness industry in this health wellness thing. And so uh, I did about the next year, I uh, actually, the company that I shadowed with that experience, I then went on to work with for about a year or so. And it was really just kind of like a glorified part-time position. It was just, you know, a lot of hours, some weeks, low hours the other week, but I was okay because technically at that time I was still kind of living off of my um, my military disability. So that compensation plus that compensation and you know my own physical readiness to get back out into the workforce, I was very happy with that. Um, but then, yeah, as I progressed in my training and my rehabilitation and just understanding all the different platforms that are possible out there in the personal development world, health, wellness world, I, I realized that there was this job out there that I really wanted to get my foot in the door in. And it was kind of this marriage of the two worlds of your doctor, primary care medicine, and all the other things that I'd experienced of mm -hmm. nutrition, of yoga, of strength training, of just kind of blending the Eastern and Western worlds of medicine a little bit. It had such profound effects on me and improved my physical readiness, my mental readiness. And so I found this company that did just that. And uh, it was a concierge medical practice, basically a, a membership doctor's office. So you pay a premium and you get certain perks. You know, your doctor is always going to be on call with you or there's always a doctor on call. You get 
guaranteed 48 hour appointments. You get sessions with me. We were health coaches, in-house health coaches. So you would go see your doctor for your physical and then come see us. And we would work together to get you well, to keep you well, to get you off medications for weight loss, personal training, um, body composition. But it's all like functional medicine. Yeah. So similar yeah. to Mark Hyman's practice where he has like a whole yeah. a lot of health you have like a wellness that department work. and your doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so then uh, honestly, again, it was just a great way for me to continue my own learning. Um, but then I got to work with people along the way uh, that wanted a little bit more out of life. That wanted a little bit more than just, you know, hate here's a medication, come back and see me in six months kind of thing. Or people like me who had gone through a serious trauma or an injury and, and felt like they have nothing they can do. Like, oh, I, I still just, I can't, can't do this, can't do that. And I didn't, I didn't pull this card a lot, but sometimes when somebody was really giving me a big excuse, like, oh yeah, you know, I twisted my ankle back in high school and it's been 20 years and it's just still never quite the same. And that's why, you know, that's why I, I can't lose this weight or can't do anything. And so I'd be like, well, you know, I remember when I, the second time I had to learn how to walk again um, and then finding the gym and doing, you know, and then just go into my story a little bit of, you know, I, I had way more than just a sprained ankle. Uh, and now here <laughs> I am, you know, not trying to be a jerk about it, but just as a way to show people the human body is extremely resilient and mm. it can suffer and endure a lot, but it can also overcome a lot if we just focus on how to heal that how to heal that properly, how to rehabilitate it. More importantly, how do we now need to focus on what we can do? And we have to learn how to do things differently because the way we we're going about them before, it may have led to that injury. It may have led to that roadblock in our performance, maybe. But now, no matter what got us there, we have to look at ourselves internally and externally just a little bit different if we want to keep moving forward. And that's the biggest portion that I tried to share with my patients and now my audience. Um, in, the, in that time period, I was living in Washington, D.C., and I don't care what people say about L.A. D.C. traffic is way worse. All right. So I would be stuck in my car for sometimes hours. And someone recommended this, this health and fitness podcast. And this was about 2015 or so. And like most people back then, I was like, what the hell is a podcast? And like, look, it's already on your phone. Just go to the, your app on your phone. And so then I did. I started listening to the show on my commute and I would go to work and I would have so much more information, so much more. Which show was this? It was um, Sean Stevenson's The Model House I love Sean Stevenson. Yeah. Sean is the, the Model House show. He's amazing. Um, I love that show. He was the first show I listened to. He was the main reason that I even got into starting my own podcast. And like now we're like sort of kind of neighbors. You know, he was, he was over at my house just a couple months ago doing another interview for uh, his new book for Eats, Eats Smarter. Oh, yeah, Eats Smarter. Um, yeah, no, it is years later. And now, you know, we're friends. It's wild. But it started with someone recommending his show. And I would listen and I would go to work and I would have more information. I would say, hey, here's what I learned, or hey, here's a new resource. And I would tell my patients, tell my clients. And so then I decided, well, I'm learning so much just by listening. What if I was the one actually doing it? What if I was the one talking and outreaching to these you know, instructors, these experts, these influencers, these authors in the health, fitness, wellness world? And so I got the wild idea to just to do it myself. And I did it for about, about a year. And at the end of that year, I actually left that, that company. Um, I wanted, I just, just began to monetize the show. I just began to get a little bit of income from it, but I, I left so that I could grow the show more. I wanted to do more episodes. I wanted to make it better, but I created my own online health coaching business. And, uh, and I began to work with clients all around the world. I began to do the show, you know, twice a week and I began to grow 
you know, the entrepreneur side of me. And I began to do that for about two years. And then, um, yeah, going on two years now, I, I really kind of just stopped health coach chase, uh, and just decided to fully commit to, to podcast chase because my ultimate goal here in the work that I'm doing with clients and my content and definitely on the podcast is to one for me to continuously learn. And these conversations, this you know, interview here with you is, mm-hmm. is always just new knowledge or reminders of past knowledge for me to just you know, solidify what I'm doing in my life, my purpose, my training, uh, my mental performance, my physical performance. But also now, I mean, it's still, too, it's to just help as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And every, every coach will tell you, you always reach that kind of threshold of I'm doing X amount of individual sessions and all these group sessions and you, you tap out ultimately. And yeah. so I realized that I wanted to just fully commit to helping as many people as possible while serving myself as much as possible. So if we can equally grow, that's the ultimate goal. And uh, yeah, so now for about two years now, all I've been doing is just a uh, full-time podcast life, you know, all centered around health, fitness, wellness. That's what Everford Radio is all about. Yeah, amazing. And it's such a great show. I really enjoyed being on it. You've had some Thank incredible, you. yeah, some incredible guests on that. And I think um, that, as you say, like sharing your message and reaching a wider audience, that is what is so important for mm. me. Because as you say, like if you particularly like group coaching is slightly different, you can reach a bigger audience. But when it's one to one, you can there's only ever so many hours, right? You cannot yeah. spread that message. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really kind of excited to unpick some of your like, I guess, your mindset tips and your biohacks that you use, because it's an incredible story what you've overcome there. You know, like you were saying, the person that came in, the lie, that yeah. Would have, <laughs> yeah, that would have a sprained ankle and, and they're really struggling. And they've obviously at that point, you know, when they say, well, I can't do this because I've sprained my ankle. That's one of the things that I just think is so inspirational. And the books I've read of people that are ex-military is that they believe anything is possible, right? First of all, it's about taking 100% responsibility because the buck stops with you and um, that anything is possible. And you certainly embody that. Um, But I know that you've also done a lot of kind of work on yourself. So as you were going through that journey, what do you think, like, what would be your key, key, um, advice really to share to people listening because at the moment we're going through you know I speak to people all the time that say my husband's just lost his job or um, you know I've just been put on furlough or I feel like just so uncertain like no one could you know we've gone certainly in the UK we're six weeks into the new year recording this and we just went straight into a tough lockdown as soon as the new year began and I think people were really hoping like they looked at 2020 and they were thinking 2021 has got to be better but here we are just starting it on on yeah. such a it feels like a mountain doesn't it for many people to climb what would like you say? Like, part two. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like 2020 part two, isn't it? And you just, everything's the same. Like I look at my kids and they're like, what, another bike ride, you know, or another run because, you know, everything's closed. You can't take them out to eat. You can't go and do fun stuff. And it's too cold to go lake swimming, even and the pools are closed. And so what would you say, like in that scenario, because a lot of what you've been through translates really well to this. What are the key things? Because that's a very positive mindset right when you have to relearn to walk what do you think has been so instrumental how have you done that basically I guess is what I'm saying yeah a few things um initially I will say overall I would say you have to have a community you have to have a support system because you can be the strongest physically emotionally person in the world but you will reach a point to where 
you just can't do it anymore on your own, or you will begin to lose that motivation, lose that drive. And you need that support system. You need at least one person in your life, a partner, uh, a son, a parent, a best friend, whether they're physically with you or have some kind of accountability phone system set up. You, you've got to have community. Overarching, I would say that that is the strength of any military organization. Even in the smallest team level, it's you have mm. people watching your back. You have people that you are watching their back. And so you, you need to know that like there's just in, in some innate level of safety and security. And I would even say hope knowing that you always have somebody watching your back. Um, so if you don't have that, spend the time to, to nurture relationships, to, to revisit past relationships, just look in your life, you know, who were the people around me that, that you trust the most, that you love the most, that you know, want to see you succeed and you them and just don't let those dwindle. Mm-hmm. Build your support system for sure. Um, secondly, it, it, there's so many cliches here, but so many cliches here. But uh, I mean, you have to find the gift in it. You have to find the gift in it. Mm-hmm. There is, I promise you, a silver lining in everything. Uh, when I look back, my example of of losing my father. Right? Nobody ever wants to lose a loved one, especially not. I was 19 years old. Nobody wants to have the career they chose completely pulled out from underneath them. I was fully ready to commit to the military for 20 years and retire. And that was my life plan that changed. Not only did that change, but I completely was, I was bedridden for weeks. I was relying on other people in, in home care. I was relying on people to transport me in and out of the hospital. I was relying on people to wipe my ass (laughs) for a while. Uh, I mean, so not only did my life plan change, but like physically day to day, like everything changed. Um, but because and I bring that up again to, to kind of show the dramatics of it, because I can honestly say now I can look back and like, if it were not for those things, if it were not for those losses and traumatic events and career changes and all those physical limitations, I would not be doing what I'm doing here today. And I can honestly not imagine me doing anything else. I wake up and I'm so, so thankful that I get to have conversations with people like you, that I get to create my own schedule, that I get to do these things and help and serve other people that help and serve me. It would not have happened any other way had I not gone through all of that. And it always sucks during, and you never know when you're going to get through to the other side. You never know when the darkness is going to finally shed just this tiny little beam of light at the end of the tunnel. It's up to us to choose that. And one thing that has helped me immensely over the years of just, you know, having life happen to me as it does everybody. And especially now in a global pandemic, there are a lot of things that across the world we are experiencing that are just pushing us down, seemingly are testing us of like, how resourceful are you? How are you going to provide? How are you going to love? How are you going to do all of these things? And we have to choose to find a way. So many times, especially being a business owner now over the years, when things go sideways, um, the second that you allow to just stay a problem, you've lost. The second you allow it to just be anything more than just, I'm going to freak out about this you know, for like 30 seconds, and then I'm going to work on a plan to create a solution, or I'm going to find somebody that can help me. Um, when you let it stay, it festers, and then it becomes, next thing you know, you went from having a problem so now you've got a whole new different lifestyle. You've, you've allowed this external force to reroute your daily routines, to reroute how you have an attitude and, and, and approach your children and your family, how you just maybe let certain things slide in your day of cleaning up after yourself, of going on a walk, of 
of training, of eating properly. The second that you allow those things to stay there and you don't decide to go problem hunting to make it better, then, then the rest of your life is going to suffer. I promise you. And I realized that I, I, I suffered through that um, and just began to just sweep things under the rug so many times, or just let the excuse go of like, look how bad this is. Woe is me. Like, of course, everybody would agree with me that I'm going to have a hard time with this because look at how bad this situation is. Mm. Well, now we don't get that ability. Everybody's going through the same situation to certain degrees, to certain degrees for sure. But uh, the second you have to take, and you said it earlier, you mentioned, I think ownership, you have to take complete ownership and dominion over your life because no one else will. And especially to go back to my earlier point, especially if you don't have that support system. So it's up to you ultimately to, to have dominion and ownership over your life, but you have to have that support system as well, because look, nobody's, nobody's perfect. Not everybody's human, Superman, you know, we can have this mindset and we can work on it. We can work on it. But I promise you, even with that mindset shift and with the improvements in your life that will come from it, you will reach a breaking point. Still, you'll have a bad day. You'll have a low day. I still do. And on those days, you need to know, you need to catch yourself. Uh, more importantly, you need to have people around you that might catch you so that they can quickly help get you back up again. So it's support system, support system, support system. And then you have to make the conscious choice that this is happening for me and stop just staring at the problem all damn day and just go, if I had a solution for this, what would it look like? You're going to be needing to think differently, do differently. Yeah, it's a great question. Different that, habits. Isn't it? Absolutely. Great, great question. What would it look like? I know, like, and also there's just that attitude of gratitude that you're talking about there. Because I know, like, for example, Hal Elrod, when he had, you know, cancer and he'd already had that car accident where he nearly lost his life the first time, he was like, I will be the most happy and grateful person. Like, he he was very similar to you at first with never walking again, wasn't he? And he was like, I will be the most happy and grateful person that there ever was that was in a wheelchair. And then the same again when he had cancer. And I think that makes such a difference because the power of the mind, like, the body will follow where the mind goes and it's so true so what do you do like in terms of keeping your own sign of physical and mental health strong what does a daily routine look like for you obviously you choose your own hours because you run your own business um, but what do you do in terms of prioritizing aspects of your physical and mental health yeah great question um, it, it definitely is or they are priorities for sure um, over the last I used to try to like think that I needed to be like everybody else that I saw in this space. Like if you were an entrepreneur, if you were, you know, self-employed or, or if you were a high performer, go, 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 then you have to get up at 5 a.m. You have to get up at 4 a.m. You have to grind, grind, grind. And I began to attach um, other people's forms of success into how I thought I had to live my life. And I was just running up against a wall time after time after time. And I was just so tired and it wasn't moving the needle. Like I thought it was going you to mean like Jocko Willink when he posts the 4 15 uh, AM on Twitter. <laughs> I love Jocko. I love that guy. I've met him many times. And every time it's like a, a resurgence of motivation for stuff like that. Yeah. But then I just get real and I'm like, no, Chase, it's not you anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, I got very, very clear on, on who I am and how I wanted to show up in the world. And when I began to kind of build my life out like that, everything else began to kind of just, uh, it didn't get easy, um, but it began to become more obvious of how I needed to train, how I needed to create my days, how I needed to separate from, from work sometimes. Um, so basically, I, I think you would agree, Angela, most people um, find immense value in taking care of yourself first thing in the day. Um, mm. So the first few hours of my day, it's just me. 
It's, it's me allowing myself to wake up. It's me allowing myself to have time with my wife, my dog, go on a little walk, you know, to kind of fuel my body with water, electrolytes, you know, get some basic nutrition in and just set myself up for success for the rest of the day, get some light stretching and maybe a workout in the morning. Um, but it's just honoring myself and owning those first few hours of the day so that whatever comes at me the rest of the time, I'm way more prepared for. Um, and then it really is that complete now, I, you know, I've been in the health and wellness world for, I guess, a decade now, officially, professionally. And so it's much more all encompassing. I have a much better kind of high level view of, all right, you were really, really kind of inactive yesterday or your nutrition the past couple of days was really great. So maybe today you, you know, you're going to get the pizza kind of thing or, or you haven't been walking as much and you're really high stressed out. And so you need to just detach yourself from your problems and go on a long walk in the woods. And so it, it is just like, I won't know, I won't say like every day I have like, I'm, I'm doing this workout, this meal plan, this, whatever, because every day I've realized that my body is going to let me, it's going to show me what it needs, what it wants. Um, if I need to completely detach and do nothing because I'm just burning the candle at both ends and I need to get out in nature, I need to go on a walk. I need, uh, maybe I need some more ashwagandha in my life. I, or I need to lower the caffeine a little bit or increase some of my CBD dosages or meditate, or instead of maybe hitting the weights all the time, um, you know, I need to go do some, some chill yoga, go find a nice yin yoga class. Um, it's constantly just checking in with myself throughout the day, throughout the week and looking how I'm feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, what I've accomplished in my relationships, what I've accomplished in my works. And it's just a constant check-in, like not like nitpicking. It kind of sounds like I'm saying out loud, kind of sounds like I'm micromanaging myself, I guess, but it's just, it's just really always daily getting a litmus test of how am I feeling? How am I performing? What am I accomplishing and what can I do to kind of fine tune any of those compartments? And I think it's actually like intuitive what you're saying. I, I, mm -hmm. I completely agree with you. And it's something I've learned to do because before I used to very much be like, right, I'm going to do this workout program. This is going to happen. Come what may. And it didn't matter how tired I was. And then I see that with so many clients as well, right? With particularly with high performing clients, it's like, well, no, but I have to go for that 10K run or I have to go and crush that hit workout. Yeah. And actually their cortisol's just skyrocketing and, you know, they're, they're undersleeping as well. And I think, the, the intuitiveness actually comes as you say from looking at it and going well actually do you know what baby today is not going to be a pb or i'm not going to yeah. lift heavy because it's yoga and a walk in the forest as you say that's what my body and my mind needs today and trusting it i found that i don't know if you found that i see you wear the aura ring as well mine's actually charging well, it I've got the, do you wear actually, it or have you got a whoop I have a whoop. It, uh, oh, I thought charging. I saw a ring. It must be your wedding ring. I have a yeah, whoop. A wedding band, yeah. I've been comparing the both. I looked, I thought at first it was, and uh, I find that as a metric is actually really useful, but I've been comparing oh, both sure. of those together. But having something outside at first is a really good way for people who maybe haven't got into that intuition yet of understanding, well, hang on a minute, my heart rate variability is going down. This actually is telling me that I need to go for a walk or go and do some yoga or meditate or even just have a nap rather than try yeah. to crush yet another workout. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Don't underestimate yeah. the nap. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that intuitiveness of checking in is great. And do you have any, um, are there any kind of particular biohacks or nootropics or anything that you use to fuel your performance when you really need to be on? Yeah. Uh, I said one of them, um, ashwagandha for sure. Caffeine for sure. Um, so I, I kind of have, this is the military me. I, I love my rituals. You know, I, certain things I think will, will 
always stick with me no matter where I am or what I'm doing. I'm very regimented, very routined. Uh, and so I pretty much daily, I'm having a cup of coffee. Uh, I actually had strong coffee, the stuff that I sent you. Yes. It's, uh, I found this, it's, it's talk about a biohack in a bag. It's, it's, it's this amazing coffee, hot or cold, which uh, quick side tangent, when my dad got out of the military, uh, he was actually medically in- discharged as well. He was injured in a helicopter accident. He got out and then he began kind of this life of an entrepreneur. He got into the restaurant business, coffee house business. So I've been making, brewing, slinging, drinking coffee since I was about 11 years old, 12 years old. And so I love coffee. It's, a, it's kind of always a daily reminder for me and my dad too. So coffee for me is not going anywhere every day, but I always like to just anything I'm doing, if I can make it better. Right. So that I get infused with L-theanine, uh, such mm. a great kind of, I would even almost call that a nootropic a little bit. It's very just, you know, it improves your cognition, your mental focus, uh, coupled with caffeine, it provides much more long-term sustained energy. Um, collagen, MCTs, hyaluronic acid, coconut water extract are all in this great cup of coffee. That's kind of my really daily first nootropic, really. It it enhances my mental ability to show up, to sit down to work and to focus and to do the things. And plus at the same time, it's feeding my body a lot of great nutrients. Um, I use daily in a variety of ways, uh, L-theanine, lion's mane, ashwagandha, uh, a variety of different herbs and extracts, um, adaptogens, mushrooms. Um, Again, it's that intuitiveness. It's how am I feeling? What am I not feeling sometimes that I want to feel? Am I really, really stressed up? Honestly, lately I found, Angela, when I need to perform my most and I need, I think I need to go, go, go. Typically I would reach for maybe another cup of coffee, maybe some more caffeine, maybe some more lion's mane, maybe some more things that are like go enhancers, if you will. Mm. But I've actually been finding a lot of uh, benefit in kind of just going the opposite. So instead of maybe getting that second cup of coffee or like I said, a nootropic or something, I'll actually kind of try to calm myself down. I'll drink some water with like some reishi extract, or I'll have a, something that's going to be a little bit more calming to the body. Uh, that's going to bring me down to a, not bring me down, but like introduce more of a homeostasis, uh, rhodiola extract, ashwagandha, reishi are really kind of my go-to. And I've found that when I think I need to go, go, go more, maybe sometimes I need to just kind of calm down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I need to just instill a little bit of physical and and emotional kind of calmness. And I I get way more accomplished um, because sometimes it's just the thought of needing to perform more. So I'm going to reach for something that's going to help me perform more. And not all the time, uh, but sometimes it's good to kind of slow the roll a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I, I'm the same. And I think um, it's so, so important. I love to like, I don't know how you take your lion's mane, but I love to tincture it. So I kind yeah, of have I, it under I've got the them all. And, I've yeah. got tinctures, I've got powders, I've got, I've got standalone. I've got it infused with coffees and other like afternoon drinks, you know, like a turmeric latte or a hot cacao. Um, I got them all over my office upstairs. It's any room in the house, wherever I go, I got some kind of, some kind of thing to help me for sure. That you can have a play with. And for people listening that are also kind of physically limited. So a lot of people I know at the moment, you know, the pools are shut and I'll speak to people, for example, who might have arthritis or something like that. And they feel like actually pools were their lifeline because it was this supported environment of exercise. You were mentioning there that like running, you mentioned earlier, is really difficult, but you love forest walking. What's your, for somebody who has to be mindful of the fact that they maybe can't do that impact stuff, what's your um, best way in terms of to staying basically in incredible shape? What kind of combination do you use? People vastly underestimate the power of walking. 
walking mm-hmm. for maintaining weight. And look, right now, I think where we are in the world, February, 2021, if we all can just maintain a healthy weight, we can maintain a healthy body composition for whatever your goals are. I will honestly say, and this is me putting my health coach hat back on, that is a great goal. That is a great marker for success because right now there's so so much unpredictability, so much unavailability in terms of where we can go, what we can do, how we can train, unless you've got all the things you need at home. Go on a walk. Go on a walk, you know, at least honestly, if you can get that 30 to 40 minutes in minimum, then you're actually tapping into a threshold that qualifies as exercise. And you're going to be, you know, it's going to be contributing to that goal of weight maintenance, body composition maintenance to a degree. Uh, But you'd be surprised what it can do for, for your sanity, your mental health. Mm -hmm. For me, walking is my meditation. Walking is stillness. Walking is when I get my best ideas. It's when I'm able to just detach the most. Um, But it does so much. People vastly underestimate the ability that walking can have on their physical health their mental health. It's great. And it for lowers health. Well, it is great for fat loss and yeah. it lowers your resting heart rate. It's really, yeah. really interesting because I did go through a stage where I, uh, yeah, and I was kind of, I wasn't able to run. It wasn't long after I sprained my ankle. And I was totally surprised by how much my resting pulse was coming down in that, in that environment when I couldn't afterwards like run for a while and actually just walking. But as you say, it starts to kind of kick in when you get to sort of a minimum of sort of 35, 40 minutes. Yep. But the, yep. the mental health benefit are amazing as well. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's amazing. And <laughs> like the workarounds with that is because when you're training in, in any other way, like it's a hard, heavy stress load on the body. Mm-hmm. So name one other form of exercise, maybe other than like a, a yin yoga or a, a slow or a yoga kind of thing where you're going to be physically, technically, physically demanding of your body, but there is no load, no constant strain on the body. There is very, very minimal stress on the body. So actually walking for that period of time or longer, it, it is not the same use stress as many other forms of exercise induce on the body. So of course, yeah, you, you, every other system in your body can actually take a break. You are demanding something of your body, but every other organ system, your heart rate, cardiovascular system can all like chill. <laughs> so you're like, you're getting great benefits on both sides. Yes, very true. And so you couple kind of quite a lot of walking with some yoga and strength training. Is that kind of how yeah. you tackle it? These days here in Los Angeles, gyms are still very, very hit and miss. Uh, what are open, what are not. Uh, if you can go, there's capacity issues. So I have a few pieces of equipment here. Honestly, this past, as much as it pains me, uh, I'm very much a gym rat. I, I love training. I love lifting weights. And again, for me, it was kind of going back to my old injuries of, of you know, kind of showing myself still. Now it's been about about 10 years now since all of that, but I have good days and bad days. And when I can grab a weight and I can, you know, throw some weight around in the gym, you know, it's, it's very satisfying for me to know that I've gone through a lot. I've overcome a lot and I can still do a lot. Um, unfortunately, like I said, we don't have access to all of that here still. So I've got a few pieces of equipment at home, a couple free weights. My, my training has changed dramatically the last um, 10 months, really since lockdown. Um, it is a lot more slow and controlled movements. It is a lot more yoga. It is a lot more mobility. It is a lot more walking. It is a lot more functional fitness stuff. You know, just, I have one 30 pound kettlebell. What can I do for a total body workout for that? I get pretty creative sometimes. Um, so I'm not training the same way that I used to. I don't really like it, but I do it because I know (laughs) I need to. Um, and you know, I'm no matter what, you know, even before the global pandemic, I am in it for the long haul of life. I want to be as upright and mobile and happy and active 
for as long as possible, whether that's 75 or 105. I, 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 because I've been there, like I said, I've been through physically not being able to do anything. I've seen it in my family. I've witnessed terminal illness in my father. And I want to do everything I can physically, emotionally, mentally, nutritionally, spiritually to just make everything in my life as optimum as possible. And I'm not a, you know, overzealous guy reaching for the stars and moon here every day. And I'm not trying to biohack every second of my entire life. I, I, I do like to have a life still. Uh, I want to enjoy things along the way, but I just want to be comfortable and, and happy and healthy in, in every way possible. And so I know that, Hey, I may not be able to train the same way or do anything the same way before, but like I said, all right, now here's an opportunity. What do I get to do now? What, what new way do I get to train? I, I joked earlier on an interview I was on recently. I think this last year is the deload in life that nobody asked for, you know, mm -hmm. in very, very consistent, heavy weight training, you introduce a deload week, you know, where it's, you go through the same motions, the same exercises, but at a much lower weight, yeah. much less load. And nobody really likes it because you know, you're capable of more, but it doesn't matter what you're capable of. It matters what your body needs in order to properly periodize your training and periodize, you know, your weight loss or weight gain goals or whatever. And now here's the same thing. You know, maybe this is life periodizing us <laughs> to slow down in a lot of ways and to just find new ways to stay active, find new ways to, is, you know, to manage stress and handle stress, to nurture relationships. Um, because the way things were, February, 2020 are not the way they were now, February, 2021. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It will be if we let it be. If we choose it to be a bad thing, it will be. But if we choose to do nothing, to, to not pivot in any other way, then, then we're missing the mark here. We're totally missing out on this lesson. I agree. I agree. And I think it's interesting because I when I was doing another interview the other day, we were talking about, you know, yes, the change has been thrust upon us, but then in, in change, change is always difficult. And, you know, it's like the, the caterpillar, isn't it? Cocooning yeah. into the butterfly. It's yeah. messy in the middle and uh, yeah. you don't quite know when you're coming out, but maybe there's beauty on the other side. So you've shared... We have to hope so. I, I we believe. have to hope so. Yeah. You've shared so much. Before you go, give me, can I just fire a few rapid fire questions at you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your favorite book? What's been the biggest, like the best book you've read in terms of helping you achieve this growth? Uh, I would say I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say it's, it's, a, it's a bundle. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's like a series from Ryan Holiday. He has three books in this sort of kind of series. One is called Ego is the Enemy. The obstacle is the way and stillness is the key. Um, yeah, those three for me were transformational. I read, there's another book that he does where he basically takes you through a reading. I'm the name's escaping me now. It says another, it's, they're all on Sturson. But the Daily he, Stoic. The Daily Stoic, yes. Yeah, and yeah. it's a reading every day for the year. Yeah, and I thought it was a great book as well. Um, okay, the one um, habit or routine that you do daily that you um, credit with your success and health optimization. Uh, I say definitely my morning routine and my morning routine really kind of coupled with my morning health stack. Uh, I pound about 32 ounces of water and I have this little uh, healthy cocktail that I mix up that I'm drinking the first like maybe 30 minutes of my day um, outside getting some sun as well. It's a super greens mix, a mushroom mix, a collagen mix, um, some electrolytes and some good clean filtered water. So actually some structured water. Um, and that's what I use. I credit that, uh, cause there are days when I don't do it, I feel it. And so I need to get some sun, get my health in first thing in the morning, my little own personal cocktail and sets me up for success. 
sets you up for the day. Okay. And what's the, what's new for you in 2021? What are you focusing on? Oh, seeing still 2020 was a big transformational year, a big growth year. I mean, we all had to pivot and do things differently. And what I like to do is kind of like look back and analyze. So I, I felt very blessed and successful in a lot of the ways that I did pivot and change and just my day-to-day routine, but you know, even in business. Uh, and now I want to look and just make sure it wasn't just a fluke or it wasn't just you know, due to the circumstances, but things that I did and are currently doing are still contributing and putting me on the path to where I want to go in life and in my business. And so it's now I'd say kind of analyzing, analyzing and reapplying. We'll see. Tracking it. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So important. Amazing. Thank you so much. So I'm going to link in the show notes to where people can find you, but please share now Thank you. your podcast, your website. I know you're really active on Instagram. So yeah, share where, where can people find you? Yeah, pretty much every day. Uh, my home away from home is Instagram. I'm hanging out there at Chase underscore tuning. And uh, my show is called Ever Forward Radio, where anywhere and everywhere you can listen to podcasts. It's all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, personal development, um, a lot of biohacking, you know, a lot of fun modalities and even supplements that, you know, Angela talks about as well. So Ever Forward Radio is the show and Instagram is where I'm hanging out otherwise. Amazing. I will link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you, Angela. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, As always, the show notes will be over on my website, angelafosterperformance.com forward slash podcast. You can also listen with transcript. And we also have a new YouTube channel. So Angela Foster Performance on YouTube. You can actually go and watch the full episode as well if you want to. It's also hosted on my website um, with all the show notes over there as well. Thank you so much again for listening. I absolutely just love putting this content out there for you. I have a new women's health series that's going to be coming out with the world's top experts in women's health. So I cannot wait to bring that. So keep um, listening. Make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you um, feel Um, that you're enjoying the show. I would absolutely love it if you give us a positive review. It really, really helps um, to bring other listeners to the podcast and share um, all this wonderful knowledge and everything that we're doing here with other people. But thanks again, as always, for supporting me and listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.